Hello, I'm Alec, and this is Scandal 101. Welcome. I don't have a lot to say in terms of updates in my personal life. I have finals coming up, so that's going to be a lot. But other than that, nothing else super exciting is going on. In terms of scandals, I really haven't been keeping up with the news a lot because of finals coming up. But I'm recording this on Wednesday the 24th, and the verdict in the Ahmad Aubrey case just came out, where all three defendants were found guilty, and then also this is coming after the Kyle Rittenhouse decision, where he, Kyle Rittenhouse, was found not guilty on all charges. Super interesting to see, I mean, both cases were a little, were pretty different, but interesting to see the verdicts and how all of those are coming out. But other than that, nothing else super exciting that I've seen in the news, because I really am not looking at the the news too much. And other than that, we are just going to dive right in. As you saw from the episode title, this is the Flint water crisis, which I'm sure most people probably have a limited knowledge, like they generally know the premise of this whole thing, this whole ordeal, but I didn't really know the specifics of it. So let's dive right in. I'm going to start off with a quote from former governor of Michigan, Rick Snyder, quote, To you, the people of Flint, I say to you, as I have before, I am sorry, and I will fix it. No citizen of this great state should endure this kind of catastrophe. Government failed you. Federal, state, and local leaders, by breaking the trust you placed in us, I'm sorry most of all that I let you down. You deserve better. You deserve accountability. You deserve to know that the buck stops here with me. Most of all, you deserve to know the truth, and I have a responsibility to tell the truth. The truth about what we've done and what we'll do to overcome this challenge, end quote. Let's go back to the beginning of when all of this started. To understand these events, we first need to have a better understanding of Flint, Michigan, and just the environment that that city has. This first part of my information is coming from a Britannica article talking about the city of Flint. By the year 1900, Flint was producing more than 100,000 horse-drawn vehicles per year. From early on, as you can tell just from that one fact, the transportation-slash-vehicle industry has had a big impact on the city. Suppliers for Buick moved into Flint in 1903, and then in 1908 there was a big consolidation with General Motors Company. Both the automotive industry and the city continued to grow, and in the 1950s, Flint was the site of the single largest manufacturing complex of General Motors. So this auto industry has a huge, huge, just nucleus in Flint. Unfortunately, in the 1980s and 1990s, General Motors scaled back their operations, and they moved elsewhere, which shrunk the population and the economy of Flint. From BiggestUSCities.com, at its peak, Flint had almost 200,000 residents in the 1960s. By the 1980s, it had decreased by almost 40,000 people, and as of 2019, there are about 95,000 people left in Flint. So in a span of almost 60 years, 
the population had cut over half. So as you, it's just huge, huge decline. From worldpopulationreview.com, Flint is made up of about 54% black people or African American versus 39% white, and the average household earnings is just under $24,000 per year. So it is a pretty, pretty poor area. Some more information about Flint comes from Melissa Denchak's article for NRDC. So not only was the uh, auto industry big in Flint, but there were also meatpacking plants and then lumber and paper mills, so there was a lot of stuff going on in Flint. And the river in Flint, the Flint River, I know, very original name, <laughs> it it served as an unofficial dumping ground not only for these businesses, but the river, quote, received raw sewage from the city's waste treatment plant, agricultural and urban runoff, and toxins from leaching landfills, end quote. So the water here is super clean, really healthy. I would go down to the river, take a glass, and take a huge swig, wouldn't you? Knowing that there's sewage waste in there. Mm-mm-mm. Yummy in my tummy. <laughs> oh, boy. We talked about how the population has been at a steady decline and the average household income is pretty low. And just to build off on top of it, about 45% of the residents there live below the poverty line and one in six houses are abandoned. Going into this, that's the setting of Flint in 2011 when Flint fell under state control. Flint was facing a $25 million deficit, so Michigan Governor Rick Snyder appointed an emergency manager to help the situation. The person was appointed to oversee and cut city costs, and what this person was was they were an unelected official chosen to set local policy. Keep that in mind, they are unelected and they are going to be deciding policy in the local area. So looking at it as a whole, the people of Flint with this person don't really have a voice in the way that an elected official in theory is elected by the people of the area. This person was, a, was appointed by the governor. In 2013, a decision was made that would change Flint for years to come. Instead of piping in treated water from Detroit, a cheaper alternative was chosen. The decision was to temporarily pump in water from the Flint River until a new water pipeline from Lake Huron was built. <laughs> this dis And I think we can understand why this decision was cheaper. I mean, obviously, it's a lot cheaper to get water from closer than it is to get it farther. But we know what's in that river. Sewage, industrial waste, just disgustingness. So so already we're starting off with we're going to give the city this dirty Flint River water. Disgusting. Because it's a cheaper option. And you know what? Money is super cool and important. Great. Thumbs up. From an ABC 12 article published in January 2021, they would be obtaining water from the Karagandi Water Authority, which I'll call the KWA. And these were the people who were going to be building that pipeline. And another thing that's going on is since the water before this decision had been coming from Detroit, the water treatment plant in Flint had been sitting idle for several years. So this water treatment plant in Flint wasn't being used, so it was just sitting there doing nothing. And now we're going to put it back in use, which I mean, cool, you know, put it back in use. But the fact that it's been sitting idle for several years is a little concerning. 
In June of 2013, the Michigan Department of Environmental Quality notified both Flint and Genesee County that there would be no corrosion control needed after switching. Basically, what that meant is they weren't going to treat the Flint water with chemicals or with, yeah, chemicals to help prevent corrosion of the pipes, which is, as we will see, is going to lead to a very, very harmful effect. In 2014, in March 2014, there was an update from former Governor Snyder's staff that said the pipeline timeline wasn't looking good, um, which was the the KWA pipeline that was going to be built from Lake Huron to Flint, but the timeline of that pipeline wasn't looking good. And in April, Michael Glasgow of the Flint Water Plant sent an email stating that, quote, If the water is distributed from this plant in the next several weeks, it will be against my direction, end quote. So even though people in Flint are seemingly opposing this switch, the email, the opposition really didn't do a whole lot. Flint Mayor Dwayne Walling flipped a switch on April 25th of 2014, and a news release was put out saying, quote, Flint water is safe to drink, end quote. From an NPR article by Merritt Kennedy, some other excerpts from, from statements that were put out around the time, also from the mayor, quote, It is regular, good, pure drinking water, and it's right in our backyard, end quote. Another excerpt said, quote, In an effort to dispel myths and promote the truth about the Flint River and its viability as a residential water resource, there have been numerous studies and tests conducted. The quality of the water being put out meets all of our drinking water standards, and Flint water is safe to drink, end quote. Officials didn't treat the Flint water right away, and the treatment that would have been done would have ensured that the water didn't cause corrosion in the pipes. And like we talked about earlier, none of those preventative corrosive chemicals were put into the water, and it didn't take long for people to start complaining. In May, so just two months after that that switch was flipped, Flint residents started to complain about the smell and color of their water. In August, quote, E. coli and total chloroform bacteria are detected in, in Flint's water, promoting multiple advisories for residents to boil their water, end quote. A document was put out from, by Michigan's Department of Environmental Quality, which I'm going to call MDEQ from now on, and it basically said that the city addressed the problem by putting more chlorine in the water. So they were like, hey, Flint, we hear your problems. Here's what we're going to do. We're just going to throw some more chlorine in the water. Good luck. Have fun. Be safe. Cool. Thank you so much, MDEQ. In October of 2014, General Motors stopped using Flint water, so there was still some General Motors stuff happening in Flint. They stopped using the Flint water because of the corrosion of engines the water was causing. Quote, Because of all of the metal, you don't want the higher chlorine water to result in corrosion. We noticed it some time ago, and the discussions have been going on for some time. End quote. Let me just say that again so you all can be as concerned as I am. General Motors stopped using Flint's water because it was corroding engine parts, but yet this this water is safe enough to drink. And I mean, I know, <laughs> I know humans and engines are made up of different components and work differently, but the fact that that the water is corroding engine parts, I think 
gives concern to what it would do to my insides if it's literally corroding engines. Just yikes. In January of 2015, Flint was found to be in violation of the Safe Drinking Water Act. Total trihalomethanes were found in high levels in the water, which can possibly be carcinogenic to humans. And at this point, the state of Michigan started buying bottled water for its employees at government offices, not for the people of Flint, but just for the employees who worked for the government and government offices, which I'm glad that they bought water for some people, but (laughs) with all of this data coming out, I would have hoped that the government would have started buying water for everybody. In February of 2015, the water at Leanne Walter's home was found to have a lead content of 104 parts per billion. That's concerning because 15 parts per billion is the EPA's limit for lead in drinking water. It wasn't until April, two months later, that the EPA says it was notified, quote, that the city did not have corrosion control treatment in place at the Flint Water Treatment Plant, end quote. Why it took so long? (laughs) We will find out. But the fact that the Environmental Protection Agency, it took them to figure out that, hey, this fairly large city doesn't have any corrosion control treatment in their water, and there have been reports of E. coli, all these other things, carcinogenic things, and now that there's lead in the water... And now you're just finding out? Like, (laughs) ridiculous. In July of 2015, a leaked memo from the EPA shows that there was concern about the lead levels in Flint. Michigan Radio reached out to the MDEQ for a comment about the memo, and this is what Brad Werfel, who was the spokesperson at the time of the MDEQ, had to say. Quote, Let me start here. Anyone who is concerned about the lead in the drinking water in Flint can relax. End quote. You know what, Brad? I think you may be wrong. <laughs> Hindsight is twenty twenty, but Brad, I, I think you're not doing your job very well. In August of 2015, the MDEQ dropped, which means they basically hid, two samples from its initial report, which put the city within federally mandated levels. Michigan Radio said, quote, if the state had just dropped one high sample, Flint would have been over the federal action level, but dropping two samples put them below the action level, end quote. So basically, the MDEQ had these two test results that if they had been reported, it would have sent the res- it would have showed in the results that, hey, we need federal action to come in and help us with this water crisis because whatever's going on here, we can't handle. Instead of that, The MDEQ hid those two samples, so when the results were reported, there was no federal action needed. So the MDEQ was basically hiding those results to make sure that the federal government didn't come in and federal action wasn't taken. (laughs) To me, that says, oh, we don't want your help, we're fine. And like, if you are fine, cool. But don't say you're fine by hiding test results of tests that would have showed that, you know what, we're not fine, we have really bad lead in our water. Like, are you kidding me? Just ridiculous. In September of 2015, Dr. Mark Edwards, who was a member of a Virginia Tech team testing the water from Flint, said, quote, the water, the levels that we have seen in Flint are some of the worst that I've seen in more than 25 years of working in the field, end quote. In an email, the spokesperson for MDEQ said, quote, 
While the state appreciates academic participation in this discussion, offering broad, dire public health advice on some quick testing could be seen as fanning political flames irresponsibly. Residents of Flint concerned about the health of their community don't need that, end quote. Well, you know what, Brad? I think what people need is for you not to hide test results. Edwards said later that month that, quote, Flint is the only city in America that I'm aware of that does not have a corrosion, corrosion control plan, end quote. So even the person who's testing the water from Virginia, from Virginia Tech is like, hey, homies, what are you doing in Flint? Because your city is like the only city that I know of that is being this irresponsible. It's just ridiculous. Also in September, Dr. Mona Hanatisha, she kind of went rogue in, in, in terms of an academic standard, which I'm so happy she did. In a 60 Minutes clip, it explains that she was the first to link the water to high levels of lead in children in Flint. Dr. Mona and her colleagues, they started digging through the blood results of kids that they treated, and they, they were looking at results before the water was switched and then after the water was switched. When they looked at where the highest lead amount was reported in the city, the highest lead levels were reported in the children's blood. She held a press conference to share her work before it was reviewed by other doctors, which generally when you do research, I'm sure probably most of you know, you do your research, you're supposed to get it reviewed by other researchers before it's published, before it's shared. She was like, nope, I see a correlation between the lead levels in the city and the lead levels in the blood of children. I'm not waiting for this to be reviewed. She said, quote, there was no way I was going to wait to have this research vetted, end quote. And she really, she really helped shine a big spotlight on the fact that the lead in this water is literally poisoning our children and nothing is being done about it. This next bit of information comes from and from the NPR article shared earlier. On October 16th, 2015, Flint switched back to the Detroit water supply. And a few days later, the director of the MDEQ seemed to say that the reason why there was no corrosion controls in the first place was a simple misunderstanding, which... If you're, if you, if your department is for environmental quality or environmental control, how does a simple mistake happen of where there's no corrosion control put in the water? That doesn't seem like something that's a simple mistake. In December of 2015, the newly elected mayor of Flint declared a state of emergency. At the end of December, the MDEQ director, Dan Wyatt, and his spokesperson, Brad Werfel, they resigned. And their resignation was a day after a report was released that said the primary responsibility for this Flint water crisis was on the MDEQ. From that report, it was said that the MDEQ's response was, quote, often one of aggressive dismissal, belittlement, and attempts to discredit these efforts and the individuals involved, end quote. Yeah, absolutely it was. The MDEQ was basically like, hey homies, here's some water from the Flint River, we're not going to prevent, or we're not going to do corrosion control. And when all these concerns were brought up, they were like, you know what, don't worry about it, the Flint water is clean, this is all good, whatever. In January 2016, both former Governor Rick Snyder and former President Obama declared a state of emergency, and because of this, FEMA was able to provide resources to people affected. Quote, 
Federal funding will help cover the costs of providing water, water filters, and other items, end quote. Also that month in January, the EPA issued an emergency order to take action. Starting in February, testimony started to happen. Former Governor Snyder said, quote, Let me be blunt. This was a failure of government at all levels. Local, state, and federal officials, we all failed the families of Flint, end quote. Probably true, but in my opinion, I think it's the biggest failure of the state government because the state government was hiding test results, which, in part, affected federal government coming in because if they're relying on those test results to determine when to come in, if the state government is hiding those test results, like, (laughs) just, I can't, why did they do why? Why would you hide those test results if if they're showing that there is dangerous lead in the water? It just blows my mind that that happened. In March, an action plan is created to provide, quote, professional support for children under six with elevated lead levels, replacing water fixtures in public facilities, replacing the city's 8,000 lead service lines, and increasing resources for school, end quote. Also in March, a final report came out confirming that the MDEQ bore primary responsibility for this water crisis. Absolutely, the MDEQ was just, in my opinion, the worst, just the worst, like is the complete villain of this whole thing. In April of 2016, the water was deemed to still be unsafe, so it's been almost two years and the water is still deemed to be unsafe. There were additives that were going to be added and try to restore the pipes, but the water had to flow through the pipes to do so, and because no one was doing, no one was using the water, it couldn't flow through, which I mean, I don't blame them. I wouldn't want to run my water bill up just so that these restorative chemicals could go through because then I'm putting dangerous water in my household. Also that month, criminal charges were announced. Stephen Bush and Michael Prisby were state officials at the MDEQ, and Michael Glasgow was Flint's water quality supervisor. They faced, quote, felony charges including misconduct, neglect of duty, and conspiracy to tamper with evidence. They were also charged with violating Michigan's Safe Drinking Water Act, end quote. In June of 2016, a lawsuit was filed against two corporations, Veolia and Andrews and Newman. Both were accused of negligence and public nuisance, and Veolia was accused of fraud. July 2016, six more individuals had criminal charges announced against them. There were three individuals from the MDEQ, and three individuals were from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The latter three, so the three from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services, they allegedly failed to release a report that showed unsafe lead levels in the blood of Flint children. All six were, quote, charged with misconduct in office, conspiracy, and willful neglect to duty, end quote. So again, just more people at the state government who are responsible for the poisoning of children and people in Flint, Michigan. Going back to the ABC 12 article, in 2017, seven defendants made pleas in their cases. The state continued to provide full funding for bottled bottled water distribution sites in Flint. So what happened eventually was that the state was like, hey homies, I guess we messed up here's some bottled water for you. So they were paying for some bottled water distribution, which is good, but why didn't that start from the beginning? Or a better question, why did a lot of people at your state government hide these test results? 
I don't know, just a fair question to ask. In 2018, the Flint Registry Program was debuted, which connected residents with resources to help with recovering from the crisis. Also in 2018, unfortunately, the state cut off funding for the water bottle distribution programs. While private donations did help for a while, those dried up pretty quickly, and people asked for Governor Snyder to reinstate the funding, but it was turned down. Which, just, why? Okay, first, people in your state government are hiding test results. They are indirectly, in my opinion, poisoning the people of Flint, and then you have a solution to provide bottled water to the people of Flint, and then the state's like, you know what? We're not gonna, we're not gonna do that anymore. Like, are you kidding me? The mayor of Flint made statements that the drinking water wouldn't be entirely safe until the replacement of all of of the water pipes in Flint were complete, and that was happening at the time. The lead pipes were being replaced slowly but surely. However, Governor Snyder stated that the drinking water was safe and cleaner than in many other cities, which, even if that was objectively true, you still have lead pipes that were corroded from the water originally, and you've completely eroded the trust of these individuals in this in the city. So how can you expect the people in the city to drink the tap water until all of these pipes are replaced? In 2019, the mayor of Flint lost her re-election, just so you know. Criminal charges that were brought against some state officials were dropped, and instead, prosecutors launched a brand new investigation. Search warrants were served, including one for former Governor Snyder's cell phone. And then also in January 1st, 2019, Governor Rick Snyder was out of office, not because he lost election, but because he was term limited. In my opinion, I think he probably would have lost his election if he was up for re-election, but he was term limited out. In 2020, there weren't many details that were provided about the investigation, and also in 2020, Flint received $400 million in funding related to the water crisis, but the funding was hazy and the money didn't really do what it was promised to do. And then the current governor, Gretchen Whitmer, announced a $600 million settlement on behalf of the state for dozens of civil lawsuits filed over the water crisis. Quote, The settlement called for 80% of funds to go to young children who suffered lead poisoning in Flint, likely netting six-figure awards for them, end quote. And then more money was added. Eventually, the fund totaled $641.2 million. In 2021, 42 criminal charges were filed against nine defendants, and then from a Washington Post article by Brady Dennis and Brittany Greason, as of September 2021, the pipes are still being replaced. While many of the pipes in Flint have been replaced, there are still a lot of residents who rely on the bottle on the bottled water and they don't trust the water from Flint, which I you can't like how could you blame them? I wouldn't trust them if I were in their shoes. Quote We trusted before and we got burned. It's going to be a while before we can trust anybody again, end quote. And then lastly, I want to end on two quotes about the Flint water crisis. One is from a resident, and she was asked if she thought if this crisis would have happened in a rich white suburb. Quote, maybe it would have happened in a rich white suburb. Would it have continued for as long as it has? I don't think so, end quote. And then the last quote is from Dr. Mona, quote, 
I never should have had to do the research that literally used the blood of our children as detectors of environmental contamination, end quote. And that concludes the Flint water crisis. That is like, it's just a horrible story about the state government, people in the state government covering up results that literally impacted people's lives forever. Lead poisoning is not something that you can fix with medicine. It slows brain development. One of the facts that I didn't include in the episode is that there is a higher rate of children who are in special education programs, and it's linked to this lead poisoning. So there is a very real impact that is going to be felt for a very long time from the people of Flint, Michigan. Oh boy. Yeah, so that is a Flint... Uh, Michigan water crisis. And then for a personal scandal, one thing I wanted to share, I just remember this the other day (laughs) from my college. um, One thing that happened, I think in 2014 or 2015, a professor posted on Facebook. So where I went to college, there's like a big bell tower in the middle of campus. It originally had bells, but now it's speakers and they play music from it, but it's tall. It's like 200 feet or whatever. A professor posted on Facebook something along the lines in the middle of the semester that, well, it's getting to that point in the semester where it's, I want to climb up on on top of the bell tower with my rifle and start aiming at kids. (laughs) Like on Facebook, he was like, hey, it's kind of a stressful semester. It's always that time, you know, it's about that time where I want to go up on the bell tower with my rifle and start aiming at people. And when he was asked about it, he was like, oh, you all, that was just a joke, silly goose, you know, whatever, don't worry about it. He was fired for it, so that's good. And then a couple years later, he was arrested for meth distribution or possession. I cannot remember. I think it was distribution. First of all, don't jokingly say you want to kill people, but also don't post it on Facebook or the internet. Are you? (laughs) How dumb are you? You're a college professor. Why would you? Why? First of all you're a college professor, why would you jokingly say you want to kill students? But then why would you jokingly post it on the internet? That's just so dumb. (laughs) It's just ridiculous. All right, that concludes this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to follow on social media, Instagram at Scandal101Podcast, on Twitter at Scandal101Pod, on Facebook, if you search Scandal101Podcast, you'll find us on there. The website is Scandal101Podcast.podbean.com, which is where I have the show notes with the information I use for this episode. And then the email is Scandal101Podcast at gmail.com if you want to send in your personal scandal or an episode suggestion, send it there. Thank you so much for listening. Please wish me luck on my finals. (laughs) This has been episode 28 of Scandal 101.